The Marty's Music Kitchen podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Oregon Music News. Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun music and food podcast where anything can happen. We're in the kitchen today with Mr. Pete Peterson, an outstanding orchestrator and Portland's go-to studio man on saxophone and woodwinds. He's been featured with national touring bands, on film soundtracks, and is part of the Harry James Orchestra. Pete is also well known for his cooking expertise, especially at the grill. I was fortunate enough to get to tour with some bands that went all over the country. So every place I went, I would sample their barbecue and then I would, you know, oh wow, this is really good. And so I'd come back with ideas and I'd, you know, go out to my smoker and just experiment and practice and try to try to see what I could come up with. You know, barbecue is kind of the universal language of American cooking. Today's recipe is a beef wellington with a touch of bourbon. Pete's version is to slow cook the beef and then add in the sensuous flavors of mushrooms, shallots, and other goodness, wrapping it in prosciutto and bread dough and then baking it to a perfect golden brown. Doesn't that sound delicious? He assures me it's not as hard as you might think. So come with me into this episode and the great conversation with Pete Peterson. Hi, Pete. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marty. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to, to be here in my kitchen. I know cooking. your kitchen is really cool. I know you've got everything laid out here and um, I mean everything from spices to, um, you know, crescent rolls and I'm super excited to figure out what you're going to do with well, it today. So. We're all set and I, I'm kind of, you know, I learned a while ago to clean up, to set everything out first and then clean up as you go along because otherwise this is too small of a space to really be like well, yeah, and efficient. I'd say this is a pretty typical and kitchen in yeah. most most American households. Most you know, have, you have a nice room, and right. So I, when I first started doing this, I just ended up with stuff all over the place and a huge mess to clean up at the end of it, and uh, and that's no fun because when you're done cooking, <laughs> no. you want to eat the meal that you've just made. You don't right. want to spend time right. cleaning stuff up. So I've sort of gotten myself in the habit of streamlining the process. You know, we do that in our kitchen too. Um, I mean, no, and uh, since the, you know, since Todd came into my life, it's like when we cook, he cleans right after. I mean, and it's a, it's great because you enjoy this wonderful meal and then, you know, you clean up right after and then you can just relax. And the yeah. best thing about having another person in your life that cooks is that he'll cook and I'll clean. Or if I cook, he, he cleans. Sometimes we, we do things together, but but that is so awesome to be able to trade that off. It's like heaven. So it's really great. I love it. It's good. It's good to have that those responsibilities delegated ahead of time too. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. you end up having that discussion. Good. It's just part of being in a relationship, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, what are you cooking for okay. us today? We are doing a smoked tri-tip beef wellington. And now, now beef wellington normally is done with tenderloin, um, but this recipe I decided tri-tip because I love barbecue, I love smoking meats. I usually do, you know, I'll do like a 20 pound brisket and smoke it for 15 or 20 hours to until it's just fall apart tender. Um, <laughs> this. Uh, this My is, mouth literally just. I like, know. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> well, great. We do, you know, when we when we have rehearsals over here with with any number of the of the bands that I 
play with that I'm associated with will rehearse over here and I'll start something on the smoker in the morning and then by the time the rehearsal's done we're all starving digging and we're in. all digging ah, into this, that, this huge well, meal. That's and, because you've got this I mean I asked you earlier where your smoker is because right now this kitchen I mean literally I walked in this house I'm like oh my god I'm so hungry because the the smell of the smoke and it's almost like a sweet kind of a flavor to it. Yeah, oh my God. That's applewood and cherry wood. And you put your band through the torture of that smell oh, yeah. for the whole Yeah, yeah. For the, the we're rehearsing and everybody's just salivating and we get, or sometimes we'll get, they'll show up and the meat will just be, the food will be coming off the smoker and we'll say, let's eat first and then rehearse. And then, oh you know, yeah. Well see, that's, so, then your mind's not like, you know, can we just be done with yeah, this right, rehearsal, right, please? Right, right. So I'm doing a tri-tip instead of a tenderloin for this beef wellington. And I started the, the, the tri-tip um, early this morning. So it was it had about five or six hours on the smoke before No kidding. Okay, and where did you get so, your tri-tip? Um, this one, I well, okay, I, I was in a hurry this time, so I got it at Fred Meyer's. But normally I like to buy at Cash and Carry, um, or they I think they renamed it. It's called Chef Supply or something now. Right, right, right. And they always have like the, the USDA Prime, and it's it's usually well picked and well sourced. So that's a, for those of you who don't know, that's like a restaurant source. They sell things like in bulk, kind of yeah. like Costco, only much less expensive. Well, I don't know if they're less expensive than Costco necessarily, but Some they carry are. carry more more specialty. Like you know, you can get like. 10 pounds of sugar in a bag, you know, um, it's a little bit different than Costco, right. but still pretty cool. Yeah, it's geared more more, more towards restaurants and, and right. restaurant supplies. Right. But anyway, the tri-tips that they had there came in like these ginormous five packs and I decided I didn't want to do that much. So <laughs> I just went to Fred Meyer's and got it a couple a little of bit much. Ones. A little bit much, Pete. So, so this, the, yeah, so uh, so this we've got the uh, the tri-tip, and uh, a lot of the preliminary when you're smoking meats, you know, of course, the, a lot of the preliminary work takes place before. So I actually started this the night before with my marinade, um, and the marinade I'm not going to do here because it's um, I did a, a video on that which we okay. Can so add last to this, night so. you started the marinade, you put a video of it. Mm, thank you. I made you. a video of the of but me doing the marinade. Step us through it. So so this what uh, the other step in addition to the marinade before it goes on the smoke is the dry rub. And so I'm going to recreate the dry rub, even though that was already done, but I've got a little container I can save it in for next time. Great. Um, so we have e pretty much equal parts of most of these things. The big right. four is brown sugar, onion powder, ground mustard, and black pepper. And then we those also... Those are the big four, Those huh? are the big four. And then we also add a little paprika. It's probably about half as much okay, as Okay, wait. The, what kind of paprika? Just uh, smoked? This is just regular ground paprika. Sweet? Mild, sweet Paprika. Okay, got it. And then garlic powder. And then I add just a little dash of cayenne pepper and some uh, salt to taste. You don't really need a lot of salt because the smoke flavor kind of takes over the saltiness. So of the... is this a grinder? That is a grinder. Okay, just making sure. So I'll just dump all these things in there. And then I kind of stir it with a fork. And then there's the brown sugar especially is, is packed in there. So you need to kind of break it up with the fork. Looks great. And... And then this will go on the on the outside of the meat, like before it, before it goes onto the smoke. Yeah. You coat the meat with this. Oh, that looks delicious. And and then I'm gonna since I've already done that, you can kind of smell it. it even has even though there's nothing in there that would oh, indicate wow. that, but um, it kind of has a little smoky smell it, to it. It does. Well, that's why I was wondering if that. Do you mind if I stir it? Yeah, please. Can I have this job, please? <laughs> <laughs> I like to help. Um, and, you know, I don't, and now that we're all vaccinated, I can. Um, I feel kind of lucky to do that, but 
Yeah, uh, that's why I was asking about the paprika because uh, I was wondering, you know, is that where you get that some of that smoky flavor mm -hmm. from or if it's all from, what do you use, a Traeger? Um, no, it's it's like a Traeger, but it has it's it uses real wood oh. instead of pellets. And it has the, uh, just a little firebox on the side. Right. So I have uh, ch big chunks of, of apple wood and cherry wood, and I just start the fire early in the morning and get it going. Oh yeah, why didn't and, we just do that? I mean, you know. You're making me work with the fork. <laughs> so, shaking it up. So I'm just gonna set that aside for later because I've, we've already done this. This was okay. just for the benefit of, of showing you how to, okay. how to do that. Um, one thing I didn't add yet to this was a little bit of salt. And I don't, I don't like to do, use a lot of salt. I just like to use enough to kind of give it some, just, just to kind of balance everything out. Well, and you know, my experience with uh, cooking with smoke is that the smoke actually, it tastes yeah, it, salty. It's, it gives it kind of that, that illusion of, of saltiness that, 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 that doesn't. you need. That, right. Yeah. So, so okay. you take the dry rub and then describe to me what you do with the tri-tip. Well, I'll take the, the meat and I'll just kind of, it's, it's still going to be, uh, it's still gonna have marinade all over it. And you right. take it out of the marinade and just set it on a on on a tray, and then pat some of this stuff into it. Just coat the the whole thing with this stuff. Okay. And then and then it goes out onto the smoker, and and then it's just a matter of keeping the smoke temperature between about 225 and 250. Right. For I don't know this one. I have a thermometer, so it depends on the size of it, but. It's usually four or five hours, and then you want the internal temperature to get up to at least 150. Um, the higher, the, the, with the low, it's almost impossible to overcook it. With the, with the low heat like that, the higher it goes, the more tender it will get. And so 150 is, is when it's cooked, and anything more than that is just, it's just going to sit there and keep tenderizing until you're ready for it. Wow. So That's great. Um, so I took this off the smoker earlier this afternoon, and it's okay. just been sitting wrapping in, wrapped so, in foil waiting for us. Are you going to do step two now? I'm going to do step two now. I'm going to put these away first because that uh, way I'll make some Because that way you're all clean. All right, I'm moving out of the way. And... So while you're putting that away, I mean, what got you into, you know, this whole smoked meat thing anyway? I've told them all that you're a fabulous, I mean, you've played on some recordings for me, so you play saxophone mm -hmm. and flute and you know all of the wood the woodwinds you know basically yeah. anything with a reed pretty um, much pretty well, much yeah and then also um you do orchestration so you've done actually some horn arrangements for me on recording mm -hmm. um and uh, you've traveled you've toured and i'm i have to say you're pretty darn good musician so oh, thank you. i i love that thank and i wanted to say that on camera so um anyway oh do you want to ask though how did you get into the to the whole grilling thing? well i you know i i love the taste of barbecue and i was fortunate enough to get to tour with some bands that went all over the country right and so every place you know every region of the united states has their own different version of barbecue oh, nice. and so you know there's texas barbecue and oh, there's south carolina barbecue and north carolina barbecue and New georgia Orleans. barbecue and they all have their own take on how how to do this and some uh -huh. of them you know for example texas barbecue is mostly beef and it's mostly you know the sauce is kind of not really sweet but more like spicy and tangy Carolina barbecue, uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, really, they use more mustard in their sauce and less tomato. 
So all these Actually, things. Actually, I think I've been here when you cooked something with like a mustard I rub. did. It was a that mustard. Was so it, was a, it was a Carolina. I think we did a pork roast. And oh, I, used, right. I used that Carolina mustard sweet vinegar uh, rub and sauce. Right. That, that was a while ago now. And yeah, it was a few years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> so every place I went, I would sample their barbecue and then I would, you know, oh, wow, this is really good. And so I'd, I'd come back with ideas and I'd, you know, go out to my smoker and just experiment and practice and try to try to see what I could come up with. With. And uh, I remember one time, I've got to check this here. This is just such a beautiful, just such a beautiful thing right now, I'm telling you. For those okay. of you who can't see it, it's this just golden, beautiful brown crust um, with all the colors that you want to see on something that's baked and beautiful. So, so I, was in, uh, I, was, I was in Savannah, Georgia, and we were dra traveling our uh, our show the night before had, was somewhere in Florida, and our show the next night was in Asheville, North Carolina. So we had a few miles to go on the road, and so we stopped for lunch at, in Savannah, Georgia, and we didn't really have time to do much. So we just went to this little roadside stand. It was a little, like, wasn't even a food truck. It was just a guy with a, with his smoker in a parking lot. <laughs> just a guy. And, uh, and so we went and said, you know, this is probably the most authentic barbecue we're ever going to find. So we went, and, and uh, there was a couple old picnic tables next to this guy and his smoker. Right. And so we went and said, well, what's good here? You know, we're from all over other parts of the country. We want to sample the local barbecue. And he just gets this grin on his face. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've like, so got, got you got now. some people that I can, and so, so he fixed us up these chopped pork sandwiches and he's handing them to us he's ah y'all gonna enjoy this <laughs> <laughs> and we did it was the some of the best barbecue i've ever had in my life at a, just, roadside at a roadside stand little with guy just a guy with a, no just a stand, guy yeah right. it was, wasn't even a stand it was just a guy with a smoker and his and so yeah so i you know barbecue is kind of the universal language of american cooking and uh you know, I played blues festivals where it's like not just a blues festival, it's a blues and barbecue festival. Right. And so, you know, I mean, it's it's part of the culture. It's part of our, our music heritage. Right. And I'm, I'm really, always really have a great time contributing and exploring different things to, to find out, you know, like what what I can do to, to make more delicious food. And so that so, was kind of your first, was that like your moment of this is what I want, I want to recreate this? That was or? one of them. Yeah. It wasn't the wasn't the moment, but it was kind of like brought everything together. Like, oh yeah, I I love this guy's attitude. He just lives to feed people and make them, you know, something that they are going to enjoy. I and love that. I said, you know, I mean, I have people come into my house all the time to rehearse. I'm going to start feeding musicians, and I'm going to start, you know, making this stuff and try to make delicious food for people as part of my thing. You know, that's actually why um, I started this whole podcast was because, you know, I have been with so many musicians that it just seems like there's this tie between musicians and cooking, but it's not just that. It's whole creativity. So in season three, we're going to be actually talking with painters and artists and photographers because cool. there's this great tie in between cooking and creativity and some of our chefs some of our best chefs that's all it is it's art right it's getting to know your palate of what spices you're going to use and adding it all together so that um, you've got this beautiful piece of art that you just happen to eat so right. it's the same thing right, yeah, right. so why don't you, let's get okay. started and show all us right. uh, what what we're going to do so next the next thing we're going to do is we're going to make a uh, what's called a duxelle d-u-x-e-l-l-e 
Duxel. Duxel. The French um, words. Is yes. that, I'm assuming it's French. I'm, it must be. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but anyway, so this is going to be a mushroom paste, and uh, and we coat the outside of the meat before we wrap it in the dough. Okay, great. So we start with the mushrooms, and these these are just just basic right. grocery store button cap mushrooms. Love it. Looks like um, they're rinsed. It's a it's they're rinsed, and it's about a pound in here. Okay, great. And so we'll just dump them into the food processor. This food processor isn't quite big enough to handle them all yet at once. So I'm going to do some of those, and I'm going to do some of these. Those are the shallots, right? These are right? shallots, right? And I you just, know, I, are the shallots just like basically a small onion, right? It's a small, really intense onion. Okay. It's like if you took the, a big onion and then made it smaller, but it still has all of its like flavor and it's intensity. It's pizzazz. Yeah. It's pizzazzed uh, onion in a kind, small form. Kind of like. Kind of like the, the comic book hero Ant-Man, where even like the smaller he shrinks, he still has all of his he, yeah, mass and right. has all of his strength. I'm going to quote you on that. Yeah, Shallots are like the movie Ant-Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, a, I'm like kind of a comic book nerd, too. You should know that about all me. All right, there you go. Right. So then we'll pulse this down. Now it looks like there's enough room to add more. We'll just pop the rest of those in. You're like, I can make it fit. Yep. Look at you go. Okay. And they then, almost look like breadcrumbs once you get them. Yeah. And then I've also got a couple of cloves of garlic that I like to stick in there. Just whole cloves? Just whole cloves of garlic. Yep. Yeah, the, the machine will chop them up. It's like cooking with power tools here. Got it. And I'm pulsing that because if you just keep running it, then it just chops up the same stuff over and over until right. it's really fine. I get um, that. But when you're... And it's even... I might even want to... Do something. Let me grab a, a thing here. A thing? Yeah. Is that a technical a word for a wooden a, spoon? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna just smell good in here. Around a little bit. Okay. Now that's pretty well chopped up. We're gonna leave that there for just a second. Put a pin in that, and we're gonna come over here. Okay. So I'm gonna. This is four tablespoons of butter, otherwise known as half a stick of butter. Um, AKA half a stick. And I learned this a while ago that butter will burn up uncontrollably if you don't cut it with just a little bit of olive oil in there too. You know, we do that all the time too, but um, why do you do it? Well, it just kind of makes it, it makes it not do this. We've got oh. some smoke going on here. And See, I, we just it, do it because it uses less butter. And uh, so if we want a hint of that butter flavor, but you still want the, um, you know, cut a few calories. You, we use a combination of butter and olive oil, mostly olive oil. So you right. still get the flavor and it's fantastic. But yeah, well, yeah. and the other reason, scientifically, is <laughs> olive oil has a higher smoke point than butter. So, which means that it ha you have to heat it to a higher temperature to make it, before it starts to burn. So, if you want to have your butter not burn and turn all brown, you want to cut it with a little bit of oil that has a higher smoke point. So now we're going to just do some of this. Check it out. Love it. Okay. So right now what we're doing, um, you have this beautiful cast iron skillet, and we've just put a half a stick of butter, I'm just going to say the generic term for it, uh -huh. um, and a little bit of olive oil in the pan, um, melted it, almost browned it, and then we're adding the mushroom garlic shallot mixture into the pan. Okay, now at this point also, we're going to add... A, I'm going to ask also, this is over like what, a medium? Oh uh, yeah, medium, medium is good. Um, and we're just going to saute those. And then we're also going to add 
Remember the dry rub I just made? Yes. We're going to add about this much of that. It's like, what, about a fourth of a cup? And that is going to be packed with flavor. Oh, it really is, Especially because yeah. you've got the Ant-Man of onions, uh -huh. right? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for we get this all stirred in so that the spice rub has a chance to get all See, I know what I there. know what ingredients coming, and I really, really wanted to add it to the title, but you say I can't because there's not enough. Well, it's it. a secret ingredient. All right, fine. Yeah, well, we have a secret, a secret ingredient to the beef Wellington coming in just a second. So hang in there with me. I should add too, by the way, I'm stalling until that reduces a little bit. Um, this shot glass came from a production that I orchestrated the music for. This is Dex Dixon, uh, the full title Dex Dixon Paranormal Dick. Um, this is my friend Steve Coker who uh, um, wrote and, and conceptualized this guy who's a, a detective that specializes in paranormal activity. So he goes after all the zombies and the vampires and the werewolves and stops them from taking over the town. Um, it was a film which I did some of the music for and then he turned it into a stage play and now he's got Dex Dixon the comic book. It's a pretty cool thing. Anyway, so the secret ingredient Yes, is... is da -da 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 -da. Bourbon. This is Kentucky bourbon. Right. And now, Ooh. the thing that you need to know about Kentucky bourbon yes. is that it's very squirrely and it can go bad at any time and it has to be constantly tested for quality. So we're going to really? test the bourbon for quality. Can you test your bourbon? I need to test this wine mm. for quality. I think that's a good idea too. Here, cheers. Cheers. Here's to whatever we're going to eat later. <laughs> let that reduce a little bit um, it's you want it to be kind of there's a lot of liquid in the in the onions and the garlic and and mushrooms and the, bur and the bourbon and the mushrooms I'm always surprised um, so my trick on mushrooms I don't know if you ever do this but my trick on mushrooms is actually to um, uh, chop them up and then I'll use whatever I use for cooking and then I freeze the rest I do the same thing with onions I just dump them out of the freezer into the pan um, and then I only have to cut the onions once because I hate cutting onions. I have one of those super sensitive, I'm a crier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. well, anyway, that reminds me freeze of, them. Reminds me of a joke. You know what's the difference between an oboe and an onion? 
Is this a PC joke? Can you tell it's, this online? I'm sure. I, well, I'll, the only people that will be offended will be the oboe players. Okay, well, what was the joke again? <laughs> the difference between an oboe and an onion. And difference between an oboe and an onion. I don't know, Pete. Nobody cries when you chop up the oboe. <laughs> I like oboes. I know. Me too, but they're good sports. And ah, but on pop. All right. You heard it here. Yeah. All right, so how much longer All is right. this cooked down a little bit? You know, bit? I'm going to, let's... Uh, Sure smells good. Yeah, it's, a, oh. it's just got such a... Well, and you know, um, I found that um, when I'm making something and it's missing an ingredient, anything alcohol, um, I don't know why, what chemically that does to that, but um, I recently made a dish that I uh, posted out of my um, October newsletter. My November newsletter was smoked turkey stew, and it didn't quite have everything in it that I wanted. So what I did was... Um, I made it over and over and over, and finally I realized it just needed a little wine. So I had a little cooking uh, white wine that I keep uh, by the stove, and I added it in, and voila, it dialed that smoked turkey stew right in. It was delicious. So not smoked on the grill, um, actually smoked with smoked paprika, mm. so it worked out great. Yeah. It's delicious. You Good. should check that recipe out. I'm, I would like to check out a lot of these recipes. Okay, so while this is reducing, I'm gonna go ahead and get started with my, my wrap because See, that's the other thing. This always scares me. The pot. I know. It's, why does it it's scare gonna, me? I don't know. It's gonna explode. <laughs> so right now, oh, what you're doing is you're opening ah, a can of. Okay, it wasn't big. It wasn't uh, big. A can of like a can of Pillsbury. Pil just the just. I'm gonna old. read it. Pillsbury crescents, and you're opening those up right now because right. because what we're gonna do is. Watch this, this is kind of cool. So I see you have a pan prepared and you've got mm -hmm. a little um, layer Parch of parchment paper. Parchment, right. So it doesn't stick. So, so now we're gonna just unroll these and then we're gonna angle them. Oh, check that out. So you're making the outside of your crust right now. Right, the bottom part of the crust, we make that first. So, so you're the kind of making, to... you're going like every other one, layering them uh -huh. and putting the, the big sides near the middle and the small sides on the outside of right. the crescent roll, right? Right, exactly. And we'll kind of overlap them a little bit because what a you really bit. want okay. is enough of a enough of a base so that you can set the beef on it, and it, and then it's already there, and you don't have to wrap may, the bottom. May I stir of your it. mushrooms? Yes, please. I don't want them that to would help. Ah, whoo! It smells so good in this kitchen. The the richness of the mushrooms and um, the smell of the smoked meats and uh, do you use one can for the bottom? Pretty I'll much? use the one whole can for the bottom and that might not even be enough, but we're going to try it. Um, I'm going to open the next can. Okay. And it's, you know, I'm kind of. I'm going to take I, a picture. I could probably make it more pretty than this, if I was not in a hurry. Okay. But <laughs> let's let's do a few more of these. Tools of the trade. You take pictures during the podcast, so. Okay, that's starting to look about the consistency that we want. I'm just gonna turn this down. Does just your um, oven have a light on it? Uh, well, it used to, but the light doesn't work. Ah, well, so, that's right. okay. The mushrooms can still cook in the dark. Yeah. Okay, so now this, I've got the sort of the base okay. of this. Great. Now we make a layer of prosciutto. Uh-huh. Very important to make sure all the paper is gone from oh the prosciutto. Oh my gosh, check that out. Now, so this is uh, sliced and this is just the Trader Joe's brand. You know, I learned to love prosciutto when uh, when I was touring. I was with in Italy 
with the Harry James Orchestra. Now, Harry, they call it a ghost band. Harry, of course, is no longer with us and hasn't been for a long time, but the band has been continued. His lead trumpet player, Fred Radke, has kept the band going. Um, a few years ago now, we did a thing on a cruise ship where they had the whole band, loaded the whole big band onto the cruise ship, and we played four shows a night. Right. Um, for the for the cruise guests. Four, wait, back the truck up. Four yeah. shows a night? Yeah. Well, they were... That's a lot of shows. I'd say four, four sets a night, but but each set was treated okay. like its own show. So it was, you know, we do we did All a... Right. Four sets is a little more reasonable, but yeah. I mean, I'm used to three sets, but I've never done a four set night. That seems just yeah. like a lot. Well, we then, then again, I'm a singer, and that is a little bit different. It's pretty exhausting for an instrumentalist, too, but that's what the contract was, and so that's what we did. But when we got done with that, the, so the boat left Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and ended up in Rome... And, uh, and then we just had the travel agent book us to like leave, you know, a couple of days before we had to fly home. We got to spend some time in Rome, and I and every place you go, they've got this antipasto, which is like this huge tray. You know, we think of antipasto here. You go to an Italian restaurant and they give you a couple of slices of pepperoni. Yeah, and the little tiny tray. Would you like no, it antipasto for fourteen Rome, bucks? It's like a giant, tr like a wooden block with. The, the prosciutto and moz fresh mozzarella and like every kind of spiced meat you can find and vegetables and it's like a meal in itself. Wow. And you go and then, and then you finish that and then they bring you the pasta and then they bring you the main course and then they bring you the, I mean, if you like food, Italy, Italy is, is a I've really good place you, to go. I've got to tell you, I've got, this reminds me of a story because the best, I mean, the best, most killer cheese I've ever had was when I was with, I was touring with Oregon Repertory Singers. Hi guys. Um, and we were in Florence and we had a meal, some little, like we were near Florence, some little tiny place. And uh, my mom was with us and she ordered the vegetarian meal. And I'm gonna let you get started okay. until you finish yes, it. Because it's time she, for the big reveal She ordered here. the vegetarian meal and they brought her um, pears and they brought her the most glorious Parmesan cheese that had been aged 20 years. And for me, that was a lot. I mean, I know there's more out there I mean, longer years of, of aging, but it was the best cheese I've ever had still to this day. And this was way back like in 2002, I think. So Italy for cheeses, I'm telling you, delicious. All right, are you ready for the big reveal? I am ready, big okay. reveal. This, so I took this off the smoker at about three or four this afternoon and wrapped it in foil. You're not kidding, big reveal. And so this is what normally, I you could serve this to to guests. You could be you could be like we're having smoked tri-tip and this is this is it and it would be great. But we're going this little extra. So when you pulled it off the bit. grill, you wrapped it in like I wrapped it in foil. Twenty million pieces of foil. Yeah, that's just to, so that it so oh, that these juices won't leak. Okay, so out. this was marinated. For how long did you marinate I it? I marinated it overnight. Right. And the, my marinade is basically just equal parts of balsamic vinegar and Worcestershire and olive oil. Right. Um, that's it's a real simple marinade. Right. Um, so and then marinated it and then coated it in dry rub and then right. it's been on the smoker for for four or five hours. And then I wrapped it in foil. And you notice I kind of made this in the shape where it's there's a little bit more dough at this end. It's tapered it's, at it's one like end. One it's bigger there. So so we're gonna have this and these. These juices here, you know. Oh yeah, don't waste that. I'm oh, you're gonna dump gonna it in the mushroom put a stuff. Bit of that, 
Just to I'm sorry, of... what did you call that stuff again? The the mix? Duxel. Duxel. That's a new one for me. I gotta remember that. Okay, I'm just gonna put that over Looks here. Looks delicious. I see you turned the Duxel down a little bit ago. From yeah, a was... five to a three on your stove. So, All right. and my show hands, me, show me. My hands are washed again because uh, never, never can wash your hands too many times in the kitchen, you know. Well, especially um, these days, so it's all good. So, now I'm going to take this, and we're going to just put a little bit, you know. Okay, so you're pulling the mushroom uh, compote kind of thing that you just made, and you're pulling it over next to you. Next to me, right? And I'm actually going to put a little under this too. So you've got the layers the of the croissants and then you put the prosciutto, prosciutto and on then, top of it. And then a little layer of this. And it's a good thick layer of the mushroom yeah. mixture it, that you're putting on there. The duck cell. That's right. I'm laying it on thick. Yep. Ah, <laughs> but kill me. <laughs> okay. So then we're going to put more prosciutto. Actually, we're going to put more duck cell first. As Julia Child would say, you just slather it all over. <laughs> slather you, your duck cell all Have you the uh, watched a lot of cooking shows have you, as you've uh, you know, you know, yeah, gotten older? I, I, I like, you know, I like to watch. My favorites lately are the, the barbecue competitions. There's like the, the reality TV, like, you know, Grill Master or whatever it is. And, and you get these guys on there who have been professional barbecue chefs all their life and they go and they yeah. compete for a big prize. Actually, I don't and know if you're familiar with a uh, man named Dr. Barbecue, but not he, uh, one. he's going to be um, on a new version of our show um, eventually coming in the spring, maybe January, uh, where we'll actually be talking to him via video. So that's going to be exciting. Cool. So you're so, putting more prosciutto on top of... Right. We're, we're, we're just making layers of, of prosciutto and duxelle surrounding the meat and it's kind of hard to get to the sides but I'm going to try to stick a little bit here so that it'll it'll climb up the sides when I wrap it'll this. It'll wrap around. So you've used uh, what would you say like a whole package of the prosciutto? Yeah. Yeah. Ish. I, ish. A little bit more than a package. I had I opened up two packages and then I had a little extra from our test one. Okay. And there's still a little extra in there. So it's maybe like mostly most of two packages. So now you're really so now wrapping gonna, it. Yeah. So now these 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 triangle ends that were overlapping and uh -huh. hanging out from, from before, I'm gonna wrap those around first. Well it's actually kind of clever using the croissants because it allows you to you know, I don't know, wrap more precisely or efficiently. Well, yeah, and it, it's it kind of, I think they, they taste really good too. They've got that kind of flaky buttery thing that just sort of really complements the, mm -hmm. okay, and then I'm What gonna, are you gonna do with the rest of the um, Duxel? Um, I don't know, it, I think it would be really good. I'm gonna turn off the burner is what I'm gonna do, one thing. Um, I think it would be really good in a risotto or, Ooh, uh, yeah. you know, I don't really, there's there's extra and the, I, I don't really have any plans for it, but you know, I have we can to get wonder um, if this duck cell would also freeze well. I mean, you could throw that in a baggie once it cooled, or some kind of a container, and then use it. Or you could even put it in an ice cube tray, maybe, and use it for soups or sauces yeah, or something. So that could work. You know, I've heard the ice cube tray thing works. I've never actually done it, but you know. Yeah, I almost don't. I'm not patient enough to be able to remember to do that with my leftovers. Yeah, put it in the ice cream tray and wait. Label it. Okay. 
last uh, August, I actually made my first um, tomato soup from scratch, which I published that recipe too. You can find that somewhere in the Marty's Music Kitchen thing and uh, feed on Facebook. I mean, first I wanted to drink it, even before I cooked it, but it really encouraged me um, to learn more. And so next year I'm gonna hopefully grow more tomatoes or get some that are homegrown from a farmer's market and see what else I can come up with, you know? Maybe I will actually freeze them in ice cube trays. I, let me know how that, that comes out. I've, I know that you can do that with, with uh, garlic and, and there's, there's a lot of other... See, yeah. and I don't, I don't, uh, I've frozen the mushrooms and the onions, but not necessarily garlic. Yeah, they... Uh... Fancy. Okay. All right, cool. So... Now, now this, this is as good as, as I would make it if I was making it for... For, for guests? home well we have guests we, we have, have guests, guests live so I went, this is great because this means we're going to eat the other one really quickly i went through uh i went through two cans of crescent rolls and what i could do if i wanted to get really fancy is i could open up another can and use the dough to make a kind of a design on it and you know make it look like right. all cool and stuff but leaves um, or something yeah or candy canes or Ooh. little alien legs yeah i've always wanted to make an alien dessert or an alien uh, Dinner, but um, I don't I don't know we don't need to do that right now thank you <laughs> okay so that's one final step okay what's this. your final step and we're putting it in there final step is the egg wash egg wash very important so so how many eggs are you using just one egg it's that doesn't need to be a lot and we just and this is what kind of makes it, give, it gives it that shiny golden brown when it comes right. out. Do you have egg. a particular favorite when it comes to eggs? I know um, I do. Well, I like, I like the, uh, the organic brown eggs. I, I like them, you know, to be humanely farmed. They'll usually say on the, on the carton, it'll say, you know, whether it's humane or vegetarian fed and that kind of stuff. And, um, I've been using happy eggs. You can really see the difference in between chickens yeah. that are... Those are those ones in the yellow thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are great. They're really great. They're expensive, okay. I'll tell you that. So but now we're going to brush the egg wash on here. And uh, there's little bits of, of mushroom duxel around the edges. I, if I was... That is going to brown up and be nice yes. little crusty deliciousness. I know some people um, add water to the egg wash and... Um, not here, not today. No, this is just straight egg. So what's your oven at? 350. And then how long are you gonna bake it? And this is 30 to 40 minutes. I usually check it at 30 minutes and see how golden brown it is. So right now, you, since everything inside is already cooked, um, you're just basically heating it again. So um, you just wanna cook the outside, right? Correct. And you'll, you'll see, this is, the one thing that's different about this, I mentioned earlier that uh, Beef Wellington normally is done with a tenderloin, and you'll cut into it, and it'll just almost still be red in the center. This is all fully cooked because the smoke—it's been you know slow cooked for five hours, so it's already basically done. But we're going to heat it up, and we're going to make it give it a nice golden brown crust on there, and it's awesome. just going to be so good. Fantastic! And then this means yeah. we're almost ready to eat loaf number one. Yeah, we can we can cut into that. I've so got, I saw some potatoes in there. I've, um, I've got just some roasted it's roasted garlic potatoes with some fresh rosemary. Yay. You might have noticed when you walked in, 
a big rosemary bush in the front yard. We name we call, we call him Bob. Yep, I have actually two rosemary bushes mm -hmm. in my backyard, and they get a lot of use. Mm -hmm. um, and no matter where I live, I will always have at least one, either in the ground or in a big pot, because I'm telling you, that's the way to go. Way to go. For soups and yeah. everything, you just break it, make sure there aren't any spiders in it. Learn that the hard way. <laughs> and then throw it, throw it in the, throw it in this. Like we were talking about Ant-Man. Well, it's just extra whatever. protein. Right. You know? So anyway, throw that whole twig in there, and it makes a lot of deliciousness. So. Yeah. All right, so well, what do we okay. do? So, so we uh, we can take the potatoes out of the oven and great. And, uh, and can plate, I carry something to the table up. or? Well, I, we could do that, or I could like carve everything up in here and just make plates, and we can look at the plates. Great, at the I'm going to go grab the plates. Okay, and then uh, you can talk people through um, the potatoes. Tell them what you how you did it. All right, all right, how I did it. So these are pretty straightforward roasted red potatoes and uh, I just sliced all the potatoes and then I drizzled them with some olive oil and some uh, just crumpled up some sprig of fresh rosemary and uh, some minced garlic and then just a sprinkling of Parmesan cheese. And, Fantastic. Uh, so all right well I brought uh, the plates in so all right well let's see I'll, we might we might use some of this extra duck salad as a garnish for the potatoes maybe. Oh, look at go. that. Oh my gosh. Right. Okay, so actually cutting in. Here we go. Check oh, it out. That. Look at that. Okay, so oh, got the, yeah, that looks with, so with beautiful. Tri tip, you, well, you want to always cut against the grain. This is going to be like the tip of it. Um, you want to cut against the grain with a tri tip because it's, it's, that'll make it so that the tenderest part of the meat is going to be. Wow, this could be really a meal for guests. And it, it wasn't that hard, but I do want to know while you're slicing this up, what's an, I mean, for people who don't want to spend all day smoking uh, a tri-tip, how would you recommend they cook it? Well, what, one of the things you can do, um, and I've done this before, it's, I always like to smoke it, you know, but if you wanted to save some time, and let's say, or if you don't have a smoker to, at your disposal, you could just rub it with the dry rub, marinate it, do all that stuff, and marinate it and rub it with the dry rub, and uh, and then sear it on a, on a hot skillet, mm -hmm. and then and then do all the duck cell and the wrap and everything like that. Okay, that's it's really good It's going to be know. a little bit more rare in the middle that way. That's but okay. I know I have a guy who would prefer yeah. that. So. <laughs> okay. So, and you notice this pink area here is what they call the smoke ring in barbecue competitions. They one of the things that they are judged on is is how complete the smoke ring is. Wow! So what happens is the smoke infuses the meat and it keeps that red color, even though it's cooked. Wow! And then you can see how it's also it's it's cooked inside too, but the smoke um, keeps the the original reddish color of the meat. Well, you're going for the king size slices. I love it. And we yeah. are going to feed the crew later. We're not going to be mean just for right now, you know. Okay. That's okay. See all the mushroom goodness in there? That looks delicious. Look at that. All right, cool. All right. And then uh, potatoes and... And then let's plate some potatoes up. It, it doesn't really take that long. Yeah, and it's a, you know, it's fairly... And we talked our way through it, so, It's you know. a little bit labor-intensive for the, the crust and stuff, but it really is not, you know, it's a fairly simple meal. All right, awesome. Well, go. let's go um, in the other room and let's take a bite. All right. So, what are we calling this again? Smoked. This is smoked tri-tip Wellington. Smoked tri-tip Wellington. All right, here I go. I'm gonna try this. Finally, after all this 
It was like you made me go to rehearsal. <laughs> and I'm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. oh, wow. The flavors just explode. I mean, I the know. prosciutto and the so mushrooms much. and the, the, uh, the mighty shallots. This could easily be a holiday meal or like a date meal. And it's beautiful. It's presented in a beautiful way, so. Well, Pete, I am so glad that um, you allowed me to come into your kitchen today. And uh, we can uh, teach our new live stream audience how to make this beautiful dish. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I really uh, appreciate the knowledge because uh, my guy, who's actually behind the audio stuff today, I'm gonna ask him if we can try this at our house too. <laughs> He's nodding yes, so that's good. <laughs> All right. All right, well, anyway, Pete, where can people uh, find out like where you're performing? Hmm. My website is just petepeterson.com. Peterson, S-E-N on the end, right? right? Yes, thank you. And uh, I also, I, I announce a lot of my gigs on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, then just follow me on Facebook or friend me on Facebook and I'll, I'll post where I'm playing when. Um, that's pretty much one of the only things I use Facebook for a lot regularly, but... Uh, that's great. There you go. Thank you. Well, I'm going to say uh, for the podcast, Pete, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. And this was fun. We should do it again sometime. I would love to. Thank you for coming over and, and uh, sharing a meal with me. Uh, this, this is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and now we're just going to keep on eating. All right. Yeah. So delicious. I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. Check out the new Marty's Music Kitchen Season 1 Cookbook featuring recipes, photos, and innovative QR codes so you can listen to the podcast while you cook. Buy it today at martymendenhall.com. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen.